hello everybody. It's R and R. It's a great day. It's a great time. We're back together. Man, seems like it's just too long before we get. I know we back need to rolling again. We need to be like hecking them day. up. Yeah, yeah, every day. It'd be awesome. Every day. <laughs> I don't we know about every here. day. I don't hey, know about just that. Just put but... a cot up in the studio. We just live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice little fluffy pillow. You like fluffy pillows or hard pillows? Uh, more firm. Yeah, me more too. firm. I can't yeah, stand. Yeah. You go to these feel like you're hotel, yeah, mm-hmm. and now I mean, like it's a big thing now in some of these hotels to have a feather pillow. Mm. I'm like, where's the sissies that want a feather pillow? Mm. And then you you lay your head back, and and all of a sudden you disappear. <laughs> it's like you're headless. It's just a, I hate that. Well, I do think that. Uh... We're getting on a good rotation of these, though, and uh, with the episodes, the podcasts, all those things. And I think uh, people are starting to look forward to seeing the next one. You know, the last time we met, we were talking about our topic, and we said that we would be talking about it some more today. And I think, you know, I think people are starting to see that there's, um, I don't know, it kind of lights a path, right, for Mm -hmm. folks to follow and uh, what I hope is that people are getting more interested in getting into the word here and opening this book and starting to see some of what it says. It's one of the things that I like is where we're constantly folding back in scripture, right? right. And I just keep thinking about an officer or a family member that maybe really doesn't know about getting around in here, that they're starting to crack it open, starting to look at what we're talking about and, uh, and seeing some of these things for themselves. You know, one of the things that I keep uh, thinking is that how whenever you read this, it speaks to you differently at different times. Right. And I think that's what intrigues people a lot when they get into it, here, right? Unlike any other book that you would Unlike read. Unlike any other book. And, uh, and actually, what we would like for you guys to continue to do is to send uh, the, the text or send the emails uh, that when you post on the, on the, uh, on the shots that we're that we're doing on the podcast that we're doing, uh, send us a question. If you got a question, just in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the comments, light us up with a question. Don't forget to ring that bell though and subscribe, right? <laughs> that's what hey, they that's all what, say. That's right? what they all say. It's what, that's what the bosses <laughs> around here tell us we have to say, but uh, no, really no, all kidding aside, send us a comment. Um, and, uh, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're all used to copper language and stuff, so we're we're not afraid of hey that sucks or whatever. But, right. I mean, you know. Well, and I know that a lot or, of people, hey, that's great. Right. A lot of people encourage people to share the videos and whatnot, which is fine. But yeah. I also know there's going to be folks out there that may not even want other people to know that they're watching this. I'm perfectly fine with that too. Good with that too. But, Pull uh, over in a parking lot yeah. somewhere and on late shift or afternoon shift or whatever, and plug it in. Yeah, it's good. Get to- some encouragement. That's that's, that's the whole reason we do this, yeah. right? Yeah, is to encourage people, to encourage cops and their families. That's right. the whole purpose of R and R. That's why we started it. Yeah. That's why we do this every day. We're not preaching at you. We're not, man. Listen, we're two guys trying to live and walk out what God has for us every day, uh, and it just so happens there's a lot of law enforcement involved in what yeah. we do every day so and we're hearing from a lot of folks in the military too yeah. right and other service yeah. type roles but uh, i think it's speaking right. to a lot of folks because it, it crosses over those various paths because that's right ultimately what it's about is uh serving 
right? Yep. Serving something bigger than yourself, serving others. That's right. Loving others. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think just it, talked to a Marine the other day. Yeah. Uh, actually at a golf course and we got to chatting and started talking about uh, different things about life and had the chance to pray with him and, mm. and uh, he was wounded in Afghanistan and yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And mm. uh, of course those kind of things, you know, we're always seeing people, right? Even right. though, even when I'm on the mission field, I'm talking to cops in different countries, praying for them, loving on mm-hmm. them, caring for them uh, all over. You know, mm-hmm. we've done marriage conferences and things like that for law enforcement officers in other countries. So it's always really neat. Marriage refreshment courses, things like that. So well, the need is the same. Yeah, it's the right? same. It's the same in wherever every you go. Nation. You know, yeah. and as you get together with officers from all around the country, you see that too, right? The, yeah. the need's the same. The hurt's the same. The pain's the same. The uh, job's the same. Yeah. yeah. And and the rewards of it are the same as well, yeah. right? The rewards and requirements. tangible things yeah. that people can't really put a a dollar figure on or uh, or uh, some kind of stamp of value or whatnot, but uh, what uh, really kind of keeps everybody going and motivated. Did you know when you were a child that you would be a police officer? Uh, no. When did it really, when did that happen for you? Uh, started an interest, right? Every kid wants to be a cop or a firefighter or whatever, you know, and then we show them that the real heroes are the cops and, you know, uh, (laughs) but, uh, uh, but you know, you just made a fireman stand up out of his recliner right then, (laughs) put his chili bowl down. That's right. That's exactly right. So, um. Yeah, but but probably going into teens, uh, started really having a serious interest in it, and then started learning more about different opportunities that were out there, and so, uh, and then it just naturally kind of led that way, right? Which is right. a lot of times like we talked about, right? You just suddenly it's almost kind of like a magnet, and you just start getting drawn in that direction. And, Did you do uh, the like the cadet program or the young? The navigators or anything like that uh i went through a program that was like a pre-academy program yeah. and then uh went through the law enforcement academy and on and on and on and on right and so right. which was good because it at least gave you opportunities to see if this was really what you wanted to do right right yeah. uh but uh yeah so uh but you know you talk to folks that are like that right they wanted to be an officer <clears throat> oh yeah childhood from, yeah what, that, I, never wanted uniform. to do anything oh, else yeah, yeah. Yeah, little yeah. uniforms and right and standing at a dress and I mean just really really yeah that calling the call that we call it right mm-hmm. like I, I was called to preach when I was eleven years old mm-hmm. I knew in my heart of hearts mm. I I knew that I was called to preach at eleven years old before that of course had many play services. Mm. In our basement and mm-hmm. in our playroom, and uh, you know where. And your dad was stand a pastor, up preach. Right? Yeah, my dad yeah. was a pastor and uh, thought he was a, really the coolest, greatest guy in the world. But also mm. loved cops too, right? Mm. So um, that all that blend, and and a lot of my dad's friends were cops. People he really loved. And we we're always really gun people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he liked pistols and. So uh, he had some old cop pistols, old thirty-eight police specials, and things like that over the years. So 
all that kind of joined together to bring about a, a desire for both, love both. And it's kind of interesting how that all leads to different paths crossing, like uh-huh. ours, right. um, in different ways and different yeah. times. And hopefully it's the same thing, too, for folks that were watching this, right? Sure. That we've crossed their path or vice versa, and there's something that they can get out of the different things that we talk about and point back to in here. Um, I think the greatest thing in all of this is it really becomes a, a, a guide uh, for life and for living in general, yeah. but then the specific applications to a life of service um, are huge, right? That's really what it's all about. And you know what's wild is one pair of eyes can see law enforcement this way mm. and the call mm-hmm. and and I'm needed and I'm driven to serve and I'm driven to help people. I'm driven to love people by maybe even sacrificing my own life. And then you have another pair of eyes that hates law and order, despises mm. the truth, seeks to kill those who mm-hmm. stand up and serve and honor the truth, even preacher, right? preachers too, right? They go after preachers pretty mm-hmm. heavy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have two sets of eyes looking at the same thing, but with total, complete opposite vision. Mm-hmm. Total, complete opposite vision of what that is for, of what law and law is about, what law enforcement or peace in the community, what that means. Well, in, in the last uh, podcast that we did, right, we were talking about that. You may, you may shared with the about the human eye seeing things upside, upside down, down. And the brain yeah. turning them right side up. <clears throat> I would encourage if somebody hadn't seen that one yet, oh, go yeah, back and watch great. that one, yeah. right? Because uh, yeah. it's a great point. But I think it highlights what you're saying, right, is that there are some folks that still have a hard time flipping the images that they're seeing right side up, mm-hmm. making sense of them. Uh, and again, it always gets into that great debate that we have going all the time now, but where people start to say, well, that's just my truth, not your truth. Yeah. And no, really, there's the truth. That's and, right. and what what brings that into perspective? What's the lens that you look through to see the truth? I think that, I guess, ultimately is the yeah. point that we're making with this. That's right. Is that this becomes a lens that as you're reading it and looking through it, and again, you're going to see different things at different times. You can reread the exact same words, scripture, right. section, chapter, and it'll speak to you and something will highlight or draw out of it different than the time before you read it. You know, Jesus was brave enough and brash enough to say, I am the way. That's right. I am the, the truth. truth. That's and right. I am the light. That's right. If you remember when Moses first saw God, it, well, he first saw a burning bush, but the bush wasn't consumed. Mm-hmm. But the voice that spoke to him said, when he said, who should I tell them sent me? He said, you tell them the I am. Jesus yeah. comes on the scene and explains, I am. That's the uh, I am the way. That's the greatest tombstone huckleberry moment that's there right. Is, right i'm your huckleberry right yeah, that's god's right. just saying i am yeah that pretty well I covers am. it all covers it all right so you know when a man stands and says i am mm-hmm. the truth he doesn't leave any 
room for any other truths. He says, on me, all truth stands. On me, all truth is relevant. On me and in me, you find all of the truth. Well, that's why he's absolute and not arbitrary. That's why you need him. That's right. That's right. Say that again. He's absolute and and not not arbitrary. arbitrary. And in a day and an age where law enforcement officers are... Routinely shaking their heads in amazement of, again, this book tells us it's it's going to happen that when officers are seeing what's right is we're being told is wrong and what's wrong is we're being told is right. Um, it's uh, it's it's pretty refreshing to know that he's absolute. He's not arbitrary. He's not going to change with the the change of the winds. He's not going to change with what's po- politically popular. Um, he he is I am he is and and uh, that again becomes kind of where you can mark and then work your life life around that make that the center of your life him right uh, and you can do that through this work <clears throat> and uh, you know um, it's what we're saying where it's different every time you read it and it speaks to you differently that right there your Harry Potter book's not going to hey, do that it's a living book it, that's it's it. a living breathing manuscript that's right of the will of god for your life and think about that for our officers something written could be thousands thousands of years ago is going to speak to your circumstances today and it's going to change and speak to it in different ways depending on where you are and what you're going through that's right that tells you right there that this is a live and breathing document so 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 let me show you i'm going to give you a relevant statement to what you're saying. Paul says in Ephesians chapter one, this is his prayer. Now he's praying for the church of Ephesus. However, you can plug yourself right in here. He says, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, in the knowledge of Him, mm-hmm. the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Now I pray this. When you and I talk about our the eye of understanding, how many times do you say, uh, "Can can you see what I'm saying?" Mm-hmm. Now, now are my words or your words coming out like a ticker tape, and you're reading them as they come out? No, that's cartoons. That's not real life. What you're saying is, is the eye of my understanding seeing what you're saying in principle and precept of the words that I'm speaking. So when we talk about the eye turning life right back up, Mm -hmm. when we talk about the eye of our understanding having something revealed to us, right? Many times does a detective go out on a scene and he really needs to look at the scene but have the eye uh, of his or her understanding enlightened right to have the truth revealed by light shining on it literally mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, or how many times have you sat at your desk thinking through a case, thinking through a scenario, and go, oh, mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just saw what they said. That's right. Oh, he said X Y Z. I didn't catch that before, but I see that now. Right? We use the word "see" in all kinds of uh, context to our understanding, our heart. And it's, it, it's funny that you say that because in work, and I'm sure other officers do too, but I've often, that's actually literally what I say to myself is what part of this am I not seeing? Yeah. There what you part go. of this am I not understanding? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And trying to go back <clears throat> through and do exactly that. Because of course, criminals are trying to hide right. the truth right. so that you don't see it. Deception. So they're trying to cover yeah. it up or, right. or, use shadows to deceive you that what you're seeing is not actually what you're seeing. Right. Cause everybody's only had three beers and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they didn't do it and what's in their pants is not theirs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they're always trying to cover the truth up. Right. Um, and the, and, and Roman says that Satan blinds the eyes of humans so that they can't see the truth. So not only on the scale of what we deal with with humans, the horizontal scale, is the truth trying to be hid, but on a vertical scale before God, Satan is also doing his best to hide the truth from every human because he hates you and he doesn't want you to know it. He's trying to hide the truth from every officer. He'll say, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a sissy thing. Oh, I mean, spirituality is just being a sissy. That's, that's not strong. He'll say, uh, that's for the weak. That's for the sheep. I'm a sheep dog. That's for the sheep. That's the weak people that need God or need religion or whatever. Well, I don't need religion. I want the relationship. Right. He'll do his best to blind you. Well, that works great for everybody else. But that doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. He'll try to blind you to say, well, everybody else is fine. I'm the only one that's struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I can't let anybody see or talk to anybody or get any help for that, right? So he is always trying to cover up the light, snuff out God in your life, in our created world where we are. He's always trying to keep you from having the eye of your understanding enlightened that God loves you. Jesus gave his life for you. That he, by the Holy Spirit, will come into your heart, into your life, and he'll help you do this job and help you be one of the best at this job while at the same time preserving you mentally, emotionally, and physically and spiritually so that you retire with a, a, a great chance of enjoying uh, some of your retirement. Oh, that's right. And that's why I always, uh, one of the things that I always say to people, <laughs> makes some people laugh sometimes, but is uh, keep looking up. Yeah. Right? Yep. And some people think, well, that's just a positive, kind of keep your head up, keep looking. And really it, it goes back to in law enforcement, right? I can't tell you the number of times where you're going in to do a building search or you're on a scene of a crime. Maybe it's a homicide. Maybe it's a some type of cr- critical incident or whatnot. And you can get so focused on the scene and what you're seeing before you or so focused on making the entry into that doorway. Right. 
that you need somebody to kind of pop you on the back and remind you, hey, keep looking up too, right? And uh, like we talked about before, breaking your tunnel vision and all those other things. But the vast majority of the time where people get hurt, sidetracked, or they miss something on the a scene that they're investigating or whatnot is the evidence that they miss that's up above them. Yeah. Look up. Look up and see all that. Right. You get so focused down here. It's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in a yeah, career. That's and that's the value of... You know, this book does tell you, though, set your mind, your Come mind's eye Come on. on things above. That's right. Keep looking up. And if and what what I have found through experience is God, Jesus, God in flesh tells you in this book, listen, you set your eye on me and you just stay focused right on me and my ways and what I'm doing here. And I'll take care of the rest. Absolutely. Right. And the power that's in that. And you do that by staying in this word. That's right. Because that's how he is constantly talking to you. You know, uh, when you're, when you read this and you, and you see something different than the first time you read it, well, that's him talking to you, whispering to you, literally almost like a yellow highlighter, highlighting that to you saying this right here is important. I'm speaking this to you right now. Um, but you do that by keeping your eye on him and staying focused on him. And so that keep looking up is to, is to say there's always going to be all this junk flowing around right. you down here. All the challenges, all the trials in life, the questions, the concerns, the hurt. Um, but if you just keep your eye up, keep your head up, keep your eye single focused on him, he'll take care of all that. That's right. Right? That's right. And uh, that's where our officers, I think, get sidetracked, is we get so double-visioned that everything just becomes blurry. It all gets out of focus. It all gets out of whack. And then you have officers saying, how did how did I even get here? How did I, there How'd you, I get yeah. to this point? Yeah. Right? And I know there's officers watching this yeah. right now that I'll guarantee you the reason why they stumbled upon this is because they're asking themselves, how did I even how, get here? How did I wind up at this place? And how did yeah. I get so far away? I can't tell you the number of officers I talked to that, <clears throat> like you were saying, they don't want to have anything to do with religion. And I'm always quick to say, neither do I. Yeah, thank you very right? much. Um, yeah, it just drives you nuts and kills uh, everything in your life. That's right. And uh, a religion... Religion is far, vastly different from what we're talking about. We're talking about a relationship. You know, for an officer, think about that, that coworker that you worked with your whole career, that FTO that uh, you wanted, you, you would go through a wall for. Right. Uh, uh, maybe a supervisor or, or whatever the case is. Yeah, or, or maybe it's that uh, resident or the victim of a crime or whatever. Uh, you know, I just read a, a story about an officer um, that his entire career has helped maintain a vigil for a, a, a girl who, who lost her life. Oh, yeah, I read that. That right? was amazing. And, uh, so years he has maintained and kept up the, the vigil, the location site, yeah. uh, cleaned it up and, and, and kept it up and all those other things. So that she's not forgotten. That's right. Yeah. But in that is, that's relational. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Religion, tradition, procedure, <clears throat> protocol is you would handle that and you would move on. 
the relational side of it is that is that you've got that found connection and so oftentimes when officers are saying how the heck did i even get here and i don't want to don't don't come at me with that religion they're they're not seeing yet what we're talking about which is this relationship that brings all everything back into focus see what you said they're not seeing yet that's it the relationship it's like you talking about having your glasses off and being 2800 vision right that's um yeah but when you put your glasses back on and you're looking through those 2020 through those lenses yeah. This being the lens, it brings everything back into back focus. Back into focus. You're no longer blurry. You're no longer jacked up. You're able to see clearly what you need to do. Uh, there's a great cop uh, that's a friend of mine, and uh, and he will say, I, I love, he's very raw, he's very pure with his heart, right? Mm-hmm. And he will say, uh, uh, he'll talk about kind of a little bit of what he's, going through emotionally from how difficult his work has been or, you know, he's had to deal with some very bad scenes or some situations. And then he always says, so I got my Bible out and man, it just really brought me back to the center of what my life's really about. And it helped me today. And that's really what we're talking about. It is right. And normally when he's running, hours upon hours upon hours on the job and hasn't had a chance to be with his Bible and pray and read his Bible. He gets blurry from the job. He's exhausted. And, and then he starts looking at himself and all of his flaws and all of his struggles. And all. And then he gets back to his Bible, puts his glasses back on. Starts looking right? up. Starts looking up. And all of a sudden, even the tone of his words change. Yeah, and you know that he's oh, awesome, man. He's getting recentered in his heart, right? He's seeing clear. That's he's right. He's like, I know that's that's dealing with a demonic filled environment. This now is dealing with an all powerful God who helps me see clearly and keeps me on straight paths, so that I don't get messed up while I deal with this nut world going on around me. That's right. Cause it'll, that's just the truth. It'll eat you up, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, you said something pretty powerful there, which is he starts looking at himself, right? And that's where we get sideways. We start looking at ourselves. Yeah. We start saying, "And I'm, I'm not worthy," or "I'm a screw up," or yeah. a "mess up," or "Yeah, and how did I get here?" And and then you just start compounding. God would never want me. And beating up on yourself. Yeah. And the point that we're making here is. Hey, everybody is like that. That's right. And if you just simply stop focusing on your stuff, your junk, right? Start looking. There's only one person that's ever been perfect, and he's in and this that's book, Jesus. Yeah. And so, if you start watching him and focusing on him, I'm not saying uh, you're going to suddenly be perfect. That's not what we're well, saying. Well, it's not Walt Disney. That's right. This is life. That's right. You know, this is not fantasy land. That's why this isn't a myth and it's not a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. This is real. It's real life. This book teaches you, shows you how to walk through real life situations, has an answer for every need. God has an answer for every need. So this is relevant real time, right? It's not fantasy land. 
Right. It, you're, you're not putting on, you're not trying to sprinkle fairy dust over your life. You're putting your faith and trust in God who will supply, meet your need, help you, strengthen you, encourage you, get you through the worst case scenarios of life. Whatever you're going even through. Even death. Whatever he, you're going whatever through. Whatever you're going through. He takes you even through death. It's the best life insurance policy, death insurance policy going right here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Still empowered, still invoked, even after you die. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I had a little preachy there, but that is my job, right? But when, when you when you take this in context of the fact that it is a life manual, it, you can do it. Well, and, and, a, and a copper out there might be saying, easy for you to say. You have no idea what I'm going through, right? And you know what? I very well may not. May not. Right? But, but he does. He does. That's right. The one that we're telling you to put your eye on. That's right. A single focus. So the officer says, well, uh, how do you do that? How do I do that? And what are you talking about? Here's a great way to think about it. When we're on the range, any officer will know this. When you're on the range and you're you're going through training, you're doing scenario-based training, all those things, and you get that weapon up. The first thing we're telling people, right, when they get that weapon up, what's the primary singular thing <clears throat> you need to be focused on? It's that front sight. That's right. Front sight, front sight, front sight, right? Keep your focus on that front sight. As that weapon comes up, you're looking at that front sight. It's the same principle. That's right. A singular focus, right, on him. On him. Think of him as your front sight. And you just stay focused on him. The rest comes into alignment. Those back sights, they come up into alignment. Right with that, maybe that ring that you're looking through, that scope, whatever the case may right. be, and the target that you're looking at, uh, what do we tell them? You know, make the target blurry, make the that front sight crystal clear, right? Same exact principle. Same so you take him, <clears throat> him, which is alive in this right here. Again, it's the lens, whatever you want to call it, right. the lens. This is your front sight now. Right. And you put this between you and all that junk. And you make that your front sight. And you stay focused on that. And everything else that's going on in life around you, it'll all start coming together and into alignment. It won't happen. Sometimes it can happen just like that in the blink of an eye or overnight. But over time, you just stay focused on that front sight. The rest of this stuff starts coming into alignment. And the great secret is, is, it's, it doesn't require a lot of work no, on your part. Right? He's already done the work. That, it, it t- now, I'm going to tell you, the hardest work in life is, is true faith. Yeah. The hardest work that in is life right. is true faith because it requires no work. <laughs> it, requires, right. it requires And for a type A copper. Oh, dude. Right? Hey, especially when it's trust but verify, uh-huh. right? There's still that little shadow of doubt. There's that little shadow, that little yeah. window. That's your training. Right. However, true faith is one. It, it, I believe it's the hardest thing to do in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, therefore, it's the hardest work there is, but it's really working to not work. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and to and to purely trust and know in your heart that you can't do this. He has to mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. And he'll do it. I deal with um, 
deal with officers all the time, as you do, uh, who have had to, uh, of course, make decisions to protect life, sadly, by taking life. And it's, and it's, it, they know that's part of the job. You don't ever want to be, actually, if you're someone who wants to be in that position, you're not, you're going to get weeded out pretty quick through the academy. You have no right. business being in law enforcement. Actually, you probably need to go to prison because you, or, or to the psychiatric hospital because you're a little off. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You're a lot off mentally. If that's just why you want to do any kind of job like that, they have no desire to do that. Right. And a lot of times when they've had to, they have difficulty getting past that they had to take a life. Mm-hmm. Even though they're brave, they did it, they're, they're going to work. It's still difficult to get past the fact that you had to take a life to save a life, maybe even your own. And a lot of times, and I've heard this phrase a lot, how can God, military and law enforcement, how can God ever accept me now mm-hmm. after what I did? Mm-hmm. How can God ever, how can he see his way clear to accept me now? Well, that's because they they think that this tells them thou shall, thou not, shall, not, thou shall not kill, yeah. right, is what they hear and what they've mm-hmm. been told and brought <clears throat> up on, right? And But there's a big difference in here. Yeah, so God... If you see this correctly, again, we're using the word see, right? Yeah. See this correctly and let the eye of your understanding receive this. The Hebrew word for kill is murder. Hmm. However, uh, God has made room for justifiable homicide when someone comes to take the innocent life of another or your own, there is, I mean, God sent his people to war uh, over his name, over who he is in the earth, or gave them the right to protect the nation and themselves when other nations, think about how many other nations came against Israel to try to destroy them. Excuse me. How about even today? Mm-hmm. That happens today. Still the same deal, right? Still coming after Israel to take. They shouldn't exist. All these statements that are made. God, the Bible says, is a man of war. He's he's not oblivious to war. He understands you had to do what you had to do. Well, and to uphold righteousness. Well, and, and that's the key right there that sometimes gets lost in translation. The reason why he's so adamant about that and that sometimes even if you have to take the life of someone who is in pure evil, wickedness, it's to prevent them from taking an innocent life, yours or somebody else's. Sure. Because <clears throat> he made that. He created that. And, and that's important to remember. Uh, he created you. He breathed life into you. He breathed life into the person that you're protecting, that you're helping. They're a God-created being. Um, and no one has the right to to take that away from them. 
that that that's his possession right and so but officers say well what about the person that i had to take their life how does right. that register with god but here again it gets back into the sense of good versus evil right and and again it's not the the person because the person is god created um but there is spirits of wickedness and evil in this world and any officer knows absolutely. that absolutely and god calls you to stand against that that's right to be a defender for the innocent against that evil That's deception, right. the deceiver, all those other things. So, so the enemy would love to cover up the truth. That's right. That, that God is not angry at you for eternity because you had to protect your life for others. He would like for you to feel guilty and condemned about that. Even though, even though in the natural around your comrades or the department or you're cleared legally or all the still you go home and live with the pain of that every day talk talk though so an officer hears that because i know they're probably struck there's many officers that struggle with that key point right there the difference between uh kill murder right right because i think i hear a lot of officers say well i had to i had to take someone's life therefore i killed therefore uh, god can't accept me it, but it really talks about murder and an intentional, wrongful taking of life. A is, careless, vain taking of a life in careless, non-respect of the life that you had to take. Uh, it's the Cain versus Abel. It's the rising. That's the that's the the word murder or kill. Thou shalt not kill. It's what Cain did to Abel out of personal desire and anger and resentment and bitterness envy and envy absolutely mm -hmm. and jealousy for mm -hmm. his relationship with god but he rose up against him in anger and killed him murdered him right same word to kill um i'm telling you there's officers that have lived for years oh, for with years. this on their shoulders because they're blind they can't and they and it doesn't matter what you say their hearts just can't seem to receive it until you explain to them from God's own word. Hey, this word kill is the word murder. You didn't murder that person. That's right. There, that's why we use the word justifiable mm -hmm. because it was just, there are the sin that is unforgivable is not justifiable homicide. Mm -hmm. It's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's right. Mocking or speaking of the Holy Spirit as though he is evil mm -hmm. or of the devil. It is or that and rejecting him as he is calling you to him, to the Father. So that's, that is the unpardonable sin. Uh, the justifiable means that it, it's homicide. Nobody wanted that to happen. However, it had to happen to protect and guard someone from murder. Well, and for officers, they understand the, the legalities of this, the key distinction between a homicide and murder. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but we don't apply it or they don't apply it to, to their, their own, own heart. That's right. To understand this was just... Now, I get it too because in their drive and their call is this 
desire and passion to preserve life. Mm -hmm. So it really takes an officer totally going against the purity of their heart to preserve life that they, they had to do the 180 degree opposite of what everything about their nature and life and call is about. Right. However, it's also the nature and the part of God who totally loves humanity and, and gave his own life to have humanity come to him and worship him as God. But at some point, he also has to be just mm-hmm. and establish eternal justice for sin and unholiness when his whole heart, too, is to love, preserve, and save you. That's right. So you have these two paradox, paradoxical issues in an officer's heart. I came to preserve life. I wound up having to take it. Justifiable, though. That's the difference. And again, front sight. Front Look sight. through this lens on that circumstance, and you're going to find that all that weight, that guilt lifts off of you, comes off of you. And Jesus died so that you could be received and recognized before God in the justice of that justifiable homicide that you were forced to do. Yeah. Mur- you don't you don't force somebody to murder. Mm-hmm. They do that. Uh, Jesus said it very plainly that murder comes out of the heart, Mm -hmm. right? Justifiable homicide comes out of the action. Murder comes out of the heart. That's right. Action and reaction. Reaction to a action is what I probably should have said. And so I know that has to be a great uh, relief and release for many people watching this. They're, they they may not have had anybody ever talk to them about this or explain it in that. In fact, some may have had people explain it to them in the negative and wrong way. Oh yeah, and and, and lay say guilt you can't. Well, the Bible says that no murderer can enter into heaven. Well, you're not a murderer. How many military guys and gals struggle with? Oh that? Lord, and, you know right, Horrible. and so and you're following the chain of command. So if someone was going to be held accountable, it would be those who commanded you mm-hmm. to go do what you did. Mm-hmm. You were serving your country. Mm-hmm. Now, God, the Old Testament all the way through to the book of Revelation, God dealt with armies and nations and military. I all mean, in this all book. All in this book. Yep. And those who were of authority, Jesus said these words about a man who was a centurion. He was, a, he was in authority over a large group of military men. And the Romans were, man, you go read the Roman warfare. They were severe. And he said this when this centurion came to him and said, I, I have a servant who's sick. They're dying. And, and, and just say the word. And Jesus said, well, I'll come to your house. He said, no, 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 no. I'm a man of authority. I say this to my subordinates. They go do what they're supposed to do. I use the commands. You just speak the word. I know it's going to happen. And Jesus made this statement. There is no greater faith. Faith. Faith than what this man just said, than this faith right here. Say the word. I believe it. It will happen. Well, 
military men and police officers are raised up, trained, and taught severely about the chain of command and the word of authority. Obey the last order you were given. When that order comes, general orders, all the orders, that are, that's why we say, and that's an order, young man or young mm-hmm. lady, right? When you're being emphatic, you do what I told you, no questions asked. You go over here, that's an order. Any good soldier or police officer knows what? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Yes, sir. You obey. You mm-hmm. just go do it, right? So even if in warfare you are commanded to take a village, to take a room, to take a house, to take whatever, in the scope of that warfare, uh, and according to the laws of the governing rules of our nation, which, you know, whether it's Geneva Convention, no matter what it is, then you obey that command. Even if God were going to deal with someone, he wouldn't deal with you. Mm-hmm. He's going to deal with those who are in authority over you that gave you the command. So here again, that comes back to staying single-eyed, single-eyed focused on yeah. him, yeah. his word, his truth, right? Keep looking up. Um, I know we're running out of time, but can you point folks to, I think it's in Matthew where it talks about being single-eyed. Maybe we can close out with that, but yeah. with with kind of show them what we're talking about and, and what we're sure. told regarding that. Sure. Matthew 6 which Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. So uh, Matthew starts, and maybe you're, if you turn there in your Bible or look on your phone, you may have red letters uh, where Jesus is speaking. But this is red letters, Matthew chapter 26. And he says, the light of the body, verse 22, just go down the numbers to 22. So Matthew 6, verse 22. Right. And so... All of our listeners, you should realize, too, that the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. Right. So those were added so that you could find different places like like we're we're doing. doing. Right. So it says the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body will be full of the light. But if your eye be evil, notice he said light. And then he said, evil, Hmm. your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, in other words, darkness is the only thing you know, that you you consider that light. Hmm. Isaiah said there'll come a day when men will speak evil as though it is good and good as though it is evil. We're there today. Right. I mean, what is good and what's holy and what's righteous, right, and what is pure? Oh, it's it's talked and mocked as though it's the worst thing on the planet. Well, when an officer says, "All I do is walk in darkness constantly in the job that I do," right, right, yeah. And then they say the next thing they know, how in the world did I get here? Yeah, right. Yeah. The key that this is saying is get your eye back on Him. Right. Right. You are redeemable. That is correct. Get your eye back on Him. And allow this other stuff to start to come back into alignment. Right. He'll bring it into alignment. You yep. can't do it yourself. Can't do it yourself. And I've said for years uh, now, officers deal with the darkest of the dark, and they deal with human flesh 
24-7. Right. The, the works of the flesh. Right. Whether it's choking, punching, uh, gouging, uh, perversion, alcohol, I mean drugs. They're exposed drugs, to it all. They're exposed. And they deal with that every day. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to deal with it flesh to flesh, right? Right. If you have to go hands-on, all that. But also, they can't put the law of God in the heart of a person unless they have it in them. They may lead someone to under to a new understanding or revelation mm-hmm. or enlighten their spiritual eye to the truth. But most of the time, officers are just dealing with flesh on flesh, right? The, whoever's strongest wins or whoever's outnumbers the person they're trying to get into uh, cuffs or or deal with people every day. And that's not all they deal with, but that's the majority of it. So when those people are dark and their eye is only full of darkness, the level of light that you need to penetrate that darkness, that's why you have a flashlight on your belt. Mm-hmm. That's why it has a strobe on it. That's why you have a light on the end of your weapon so that you going into the dark have an extra pair of eyes, so to speak, or the ability to see clearly mm-hmm. what could be jumping off on you. Right? Illuminate it. Yeah. Illuminate it. So if the light of your body being your eye is full of light, it brings light to the rest of your body. Just think about you've you've heard of people being called early risers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an early riser. I get up, I'm, I'm happy, I'm singing, I'm whistling, I'm humming. As a matter of fact, I've gotten in trouble in 33 years of marriage uh, of disturbing my wife probably more than once. I've just waking up, getting up, forgetting where, you know, kind of forgetting, getting stuff together and start to hum a song or, or you know, say something or uh, because I'm an early riser, I get up, I get started and I'm doing my stuff, right? And I'm happy. I get up happy. Mm-hmm. I wake up happy. I wake up, I'm ready to go. The eye of your life, it, you wake up, it's just full of light, ready to go. I do not like daylight savings time. My body doesn't like daylight. My mind doesn't like daylight savings time. I take vitamin D3 all winter long because I I love light, mm-hmm. right? Every human does. And so when our body gets filled with darkness, like you work third shift. I used to work midnight shift for years. You work third shift or late tech. You're constantly in the dark, day in and day out. Pretty soon that darkness starts consuming you. Right. Right? Right. And all of a sudden an officer finds himself or herself struggling with things they never struggled with in their life and can't put their finger on it, can't figure it out. Well, it's because you're dwelling in the darkness. In the darkness. Right. Continuously in the darkness. You, you got to get some light penetrating your life. You got to open your eye. Mm-hmm. Number one to what's happening. Number two, start getting some light penetrating. Open up your blinds. Open up your windows. What has some of the attacks against law enforcement been in our world? 
making you go deeper, inward, closed off mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. dwell in darkness more, and that becomes an emotional and mental torment. Right, right. right. So it's imperative for our officers that we start opening the light up for them in their lives. And people of the light need to start standing up for those who are standing for your light, or that light's going to get covered up as well. Well, and that's the whole point of all this, right? Is that light, that remnant of light, we are trying to get revealed in these discussions. And we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep... pointing folks to the light that is right here in front of us and uh, helping them to really illuminate their situations and uh, really show them that there is a path back Yeah, um, and that you're not too far gone. You're not lost. No, you're not. Um, and this book will even tell you he's going to come looking for you, Hey, even and, if you can't find him. And, dude, you're loved. Nothing you can do about that. We love you. God loves you. And I want to speak right quick to family members. Yeah. Uh, because um, you may have an officer that you realize maybe you're on this podcast because you are a uh, you're a significant other or family member of a law enforcement officer and you've seen a you've seen a turn yeah uh, you you see them uh, sitting in the dark a lot lately keeping all the blinds closed now they may say well these are tactical reasons there's reasons protective we're uh, I got to be careful. But you're noticing that their attitude and the way they're doing things are starting to gravitate more towards darkness. You got to let somebody know. You got to get them. You got to tell their sorry. You got to say something. Somebody needs to say something either to them or for them because they can be going down a very dark path. And right now, as it starts, is the easiest time to start flashing some light saying, hey, you're you're going really dark here. Yeah. This is not healthy. So uh, you can be the one uh, to help your officer. And I just want to throw that out. If you're a wife or you're a husband of an officer. A parent. Parent. Keep the keep the blinds open. Uh, have curtains that can't be seen in, but light can come in. Uh, don't paint rooms totally dark. They, here's some practical things, right? Mm-hmm. Don't leave them to sit in the dark alone. Give them a little bit once they get home to chill out, kind of zone out, get their mind clear. But don't stay in the dark. Go outside. Get outside somewhere. Go walking. Take a ride. Take a bike ride. Do something. Uh, but uh, but get that officer out of the dark. Good and words. The light. Good words. Well, thank you for... Uh for helping to lead us through and, and again, highlighting some of the parts of, of this uh, uh, book of life um, and light, yeah. right, um, uh, for folks to be able to go back and dig into a little bit more. And, That's uh, a great choice. I'm looking forward to continuing to do that and uh, digging yeah. into this even more in our next episode, and yeah. uh, hopefully everybody keeps following along with us. There you go. The Bible says live in the light as he is in the light, so hmm. let's brighten it up, man. Just turn the light on. Sounds good. That's good. Thanks, brother. Hey, we love you. If you're watching today, uh, give us a shout. We call you blessed. Rick and I are for you. And uh, hoorah, let's stay going. See you next time.